Hello, and you're listening to volume 21 of the Strange Grooves podcast. I'm Sharice Letson. Hey, I'm Kate Milberry. And we're joined by a very special guest tonight. Yeah, you guys might have heard a little bit about on our Facebook or Instagram. He loves poison. Say hello. Hello. Uh, James Mullinger here, Poison's number one fan. <laughs> uh, possibly only fan. Possibly nowadays. only fan. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure. There's a, I'm sure there's others. But Th- there's maybe. definitely other Poison. There's not many people out there with... I have basically every Poison album on vinyl. I've got every single on 7-inch. I've got every cassette tape. I've got... I actually have a few different versions of all of the albums on vinyl. Like, that's pretty obsessive for... Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's, that's like... I enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. That's great. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. No. I know that you have a really busy schedule. You've got a big show coming up at Harbor Station, April 28th. Yeah. You must be getting super pumped for that. I am. I'm, I'm excited about it, but I'm honored for you guys uh, having me on. Uh, on, the, on the now award-winning podcast, uh, let's not shucks. forget. So congratulations, and <laughs> also you. kudos for... Uh, doing such an awesome thing and for, you know, uh, com- coming up with an ingen- ingenious concept and then executing it ingeniously. And that's why people are loving it and that's why they're throwing awards at you left, right and centre. Oh. So, uh, enough respect. Thank you. Thank you. That's very kind. Um, we're really excited to be doing it. And, you know, that being said, uh, if you've seen our video last week, uh, tell all of our listeners, yeah. um, we are expanding and we have the Taking Liberty show joining us uh, next Liberty. week. And we've got Mike Capson and Kyle Morrison, the strange dudes. Uh, so you'll have a few shows to choose from next week. Yeah. Um, so Very we're really, really excited. So therefore, that being said, if you haven't decided to submit a blog yet or a, re- a review to something you might like, now's the time. Hit us up. Um, if you want to be on the show, we're looking for guests. Uh, we're looking for bands. We're also looking for some new music. Uh, the, mu- the music you're hearing right now, uh, I know, James, you brought your, your prize. Yeah. Little, little me possession. It's <laughs> yeah. your, your, your number one aside from Poison, right? It is, exactly. They are they are literally my... I mean, I mean this, it doesn't sound like much of a compliment, second favorite band after Poison, but I mean, they're probably... Let's not forget, I've seen them live more times than I've seen Poison. And I don't have my picture taken with Poison, and I also don't have many of my Poison albums signed by Poison. So, arguably, they are my number one. Exactly, right? Um, But I love the fact that everyone that you're working with is, you know, the great and the good. I mean, Mike, you know, as you know, I'm a massive fan of his photography. He captures St. John so beautifully. And um, Jeff Liberty, pretty much without him, I, I wouldn't have a career here. I mean, pretty much everything I did in my first year living here was down to Jeff Liberty. I was introduced to him. And then within three weeks, I had a, a show on Community One. Uh, I think he had kind of, him along with Judith Mackin kind of inspired me to book the Imperial for the first time. Um, he's just one of those people who um, makes things happen for people, um, inspires people, and also then uh, doesn't talk about it and would humbly never mention any of this. But literally without Jeff Liberty, I wouldn't have a career. So. Well, cheers to Jeff Liberty. We are thrilled to have him on as a contributor. That was the sound of two moose lights tapping each other and And a McDonald's McDonald's coffee cup. Uh, (laughs) It's a lit Thursday long weekend eve. And I tell you what's better for you, it's the moose light. That's that's, that's probably true. Thank you for bringing the beer, James. Oh, pleasure. Hey, it's how I roll. I I arrive everywhere with moose lights. Actually, obviously in Toronto, it's amazing how you can actually get it. Almost, I have a policy that if, when I'm in other cities or other provinces, you know, I will, I will not drink in a pub until I find, you know, a St. John drink there. And, um, and in Toronto, it's surprisingly easy. Almost everywhere has moves on tap. But in Nova Scotia, it's less easy because of Keith's. 
And um, oh. and uh, so whenever I, that last liquor store before you get into, no, it was good, I would stop and just load up the car with. Uh, with Moose Lights. So, so now when you travel, is it in your contract? Like if you had to travel overseas, that Moose Lights yeah, has to be imported? Or when I'm it? successful enough, that will okay, be in okay. there. That will be <laughs> top of the list. Yeah. Okay. Well, if we ever get to that mm-hmm. also like level of success, we will send you oh, Moose Light whenever you're Thank ready. you. We'll just like airship it over. There you go. The only time it's ever happened was at the last Summer Station show when I arrived and there was the cases and cases of Moose Light in my dressing room as a gift. And also in Nikki Payne's dressing room who doesn't drink. <laughs> And uh, it was only like about an hour before the gig, my wife came backstage and she was like, James, how many have you had? I'm like, I don't know, it's, it's free, so it doesn't really count. And, um, and I suddenly realized, she was like, do you really cool. think that you should be drunk before the biggest gig of your life? And I basically had to stop drinking about an hour before. Time to sober up. It's the water. kind of mistakes that I make. It's like, oh. You learn from experience. Yeah. That's how you get wisdom. That's it. There was, a, there was a, a line, when I worked at GQ, people used to say that the calories don't count if it's free, right? And, and it's a terrible uh, attitude to have in journalism where there's so many you know, boxes of donuts surviving in the office. Free like, Yeah, so. exactly. And you're like, oh, it, anyway, the calories did count as it turned out. So. They did count. <laughs> but I do like the, the motto in saying, maybe not the concept, the philosophy yeah. behind it. Exactly. I understand. Fantastic. Yeah. So you came prepared and you I, love that. I did. See, you said to bring some of my favorite albums and it was very, I did spend a lot of time thinking about it and it was, uh, it was, it was tricky to whittle it down. Um, so I have six that we'll talk about in detail, but I just wanted to whip through some of the others that we're going to spend all night here listening to. Uh, one was um, Aziz Ansari's um, album, Buried Alive, which was a, a stand-up special, which I definitely fell in love with. Uh, firstly, because as you know, I, I released uh, my second to last album, uh, comedy album, on vinyl. And I released it on vinyl only. There was no digital download card or CD version. It was, if you don't have a record player, this isn't for you, right? right? That was my policy. Um, and also, you know, I, I like to do, I do things that are fun, but at the same time, I mean, I just do things that are terrible business models. So it's like, yeah, what, what's the thing that's going to lose me the lo- <laughs> right. lose me the most money releasing my comedy yeah. album on vinyl? But I had to do it. And I did Gatefold Sleeve and uh, Lindsay Veltum, I designed it, an amazing job with the artwork. So it was just a dream to own it. So to actually see the other, and see another reason why I did it, in all honesty, was that, Clearly, if I release an album on iTunes or on CD, that is not my my album is not going to be in the top hundred or top thousand comedy albums of that year. However, there is an argument to be said that in that year that I released that album on vinyl, which was 2016, it is probably in the top five Billboard charts best-selling comedy albums on vinyl there because there were only three of them. Which um, one of which is Aziz Ansari, which I have right here. The other is Bill Burr's album Live at Andrew's House which is a, a fantastic album. Um, and this is quite interesting, he recorded this at Carnegie Hall. And he, um, it actually is a, a routine that later became a stand-up special. Oh, and the cool. reason he, and so this was kind of a, a work in progress. And the reason he released it on vinyl, he said, was that he didn't want to rip off fans by releasing the same material twice. So he released it on vinyl, so that it's kind of like, look, only the diehards are gonna buy it, and they won't want to hear how the material became so yeah, that year three albums were released on vinyl in the comedy world. Aziz Ansari, Bill Burr, and me. Um, it's the only time you'll ever hear those three names mixed together, uh, unless it's some kind of terrible scandal. So I see Zappa. Frank Zappa. Oh, now yes. my dad. Are you a fan, Sharif? I'm a fan. I mean, everyone loves the Zappa, right? And my dad brought me up on Frank Zappa. I mean, all of my love of vinyl comes from my dad. Um, 
I mean, my dad, my mum is very straight-laced, and my dad was a bank manager, but a kind of hippie bank manager. So on his first, on, on, on their first date, he tried to take my mum to see 200 Motels, the Frank Zappa movie, oh, but, but it was sold out, okay. so he took her to see, uh, it gets worse, an experimental art house film called Robert Getting His Nipple Pierced, which is a 19-minute film of Robert Getting His Nipple Pierced. Um, but this is my favourite Zappa album, firstly because it's the greatest album artwork of all time ever. And if you're listening to this, please Google Frank Zappa's Ship Arriving Too Late to Save a Drowning Witch. Oh, greatest yeah. album, and the song um, of that is amazing, it's 12 minutes long. Um, and it, it, it literally goes, ship arriving too late to see a drowning witch. I mean, that's all Frank Zappa songs sound like. Yeah, yeah. That's why I adore that. My next uh, one is Eddie Murphy's Comedian, which is the stand-up show that was released on uh, VHS, everyone will remember, uh, Delirious, which a lot of us grew up with, a lot of us yeah. enjoyed. Unfortunately, we can't revisit because it transpires now uh, that he's a massive homophobe. And, um, and similarly, uh, track one, I mean, some of the names on these, uh, I, love, I love names of tracks on comedy albums. Uh, uh, it's kind of like if someone found my, 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 my set list, like if I left it uh, in, in the street somewhere. Right. And so it's a weird looking, it, it's like, you know, dog licking ass, uh, you know, um, farts, um, you, know, yeah. uh, rip, you know, it's just weird, weird things. Um, the farts game is one of these. But unfortunately, track one is called Faggots Revisited. And uh, indeed, it is as homophobic as it sounds. Right. So uh, it's one of those weird things where you kind of, you loved something as a kid, but now you have You're to like, hate That's it. Offensive. Because yeah. it, he's just wrong. Uh, the next is Wolf Cop, the uh, soundtrack to Wolf Cop, which I, I don't know how many people know Wolf Cop, but if you don't, you need to see it. It's a Canadian movie. Um, absolutely amazing. I love uh, trashy horror movies, love trashy B movies. Wolf Cop uh, is one of the best. It's one of the greatest Canadian films of all time. And they released the album on vinyl. They also released it on cassette tape, and the cassette was inside a VHS box. Obviously, I own that as well. So when you do Strange Grooves, the cassette version, call me back. I also have, you know, um, uh, I have uh, little, little You Little Me's uh, uh, last recording on cassette as well, which is also awesome. The Trainspotting 2 soundtrack, of course, on vinyl. Oh, that's cool. Which is, I mean, the film's amazing. It's one of these soundtracks, actually, that can be played at any time, dinner parties. Can I see what's on it? What's on yes, it? absolutely. Yeah, Iggy Pop's Lust for Life remixed by The Prodigy, which of course is genius. Um, um, Wolf Alice, Selk. Do you guys know that song? Like, it's massive in England. I've never, maybe if I heard it. Yeah, and it's the song that plays during the, the, the trailer for Trainspotting 2, which when I first saw the trailer for Trainspotting, I wept. Trainspotting 1 was, uh, it just changed my life when it came out in 1996. I was leaving school and worried about missing my friends and um, seeing this movie that even though it's about heroin addiction it's all about so many other things as right. well like friendships so to um, that movie it moved me a lot of the time and I was kind of discovering drugs then as well so all of those things together um, and James went to when I saw this the Wolf Alice song plays and that song it still makes me weep now like when it comes oh, wow. in the car uh, next one is the Bachelor Party soundtrack which Bachelor Party again uh, I love sex comedies from the 80s now the interesting thing is um, it, they're not as misogynistic as a lot of the sex comedies are now. Like, right. I, like you kind of think they might be, and you go back and revisit them, and you, apart from Revenge of the Nerds, which is awful, actually, and horribly misogynistic, most of them actually aren't. And Bachelor Party was Tom Hanks' first feature film, I believe, in 1983 or 1984, and this soundtrack is absolutely hilarious, and, uh, and I, I love it to bits. I mean, it has a donkey snorting cocaine in it. It's the greatest <laughs> film of all time. Um, and I bought this in a store, um, called Odd Spot in Burlington, I was doing a show about a year ago, met this guy that ran uh, the store, lovely, lovely guy, like us, just collects and loves stuff, and he gave me a piece of gravel, 
and he said this is for you and it kind of looks like a kind of lump of hash and I was like well what is this and he said oh it's from the roof of the moor from uh, Dawn of the Dead and I'm like you are so my type of person. Like the <laughs> fact that you knew that I would want that. That's, that's super cool. That's Isn't it awesome? I have it on my shelf at home very proudly. Um, I have all of Richard Pryor's albums. This is Richard Pryor's greatest hitch, which again, I always think there's something wrong with a person that brings on... Did you guys watch Alan Partridge, one of uh, the greatest British uh, sitcoms of all time after Monty Python and stuff? And it was uh, Steve Coogan, the actor, played a, a kind of a failed chat show host. But he, he, in one of the seasons, he was living in a travel lodge type place. And there's a wonderful scene where he's trying to act cool around the young kids that work there. And he's like, yeah, 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 I love the Beatles, I love the Beatles. And then one of the, one of the young guys that works there goes, oh, well, that's great, Alan. Uh, what's your favorite Beatles album? And he goes, that would have to be the best of the Beatles. Right? <laughs> and it's just that, it's that terrible answer that yeah. people give when you're like, you clearly do not know their stuff. No. Um, however, in the case of uh, Richard Pryor's Greatest Hits, uh, I feel justified because I do own the others. Uh, the next one, of course, which I believe you guys will own, and I hope everyone in St. John owns this, it's Live at the Five and Dime, which um, is an absolute... I mean, the fact that it's got, it's got all of the people that we know and love on here, from Jessica Ray, Fox Farm, uh, Jamie Camo, um, all these amazing people. The fact that they even did this is truly, truly I awesome. I love the artwork. The yeah, artwork the, is amazing. That. Who designed this? Was it... Pamela, Pamela. Oh, Pamela was it? Pierce, of course. Yeah. Who is, again, yeah. a world-class yeah. artist you know, doing art. amazing work out of our lovely little city. And um, what I love so much about this, and Five and I'm in general, is just that that is the one place... When I was doing some tourism ads for Tourism New Brunswick last year, and I was interviewing people. I was, I was in a canoe interviewing people in various tourist destinations. And uh, I was like, are we sure people are going to be there? Anyway, it was just golden. Like, it couldn't have gone better. One magnetic hill and this uh, group of, like, um, uh, kind of Indian... Toronto millennials basically uh, pull up in a car like mm-hmm. eight, six, six of them and, 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 and they get it. this is the first interview we do and I'm like so guys what are you doing here and they're like well we, we, we saw loads of pictures on Instagram of how awesome New Brunswick looks so we took a road trip from Toronto I'm like get in the canoe <laughs> right so and I'm interviewing them and they're like yeah we just heard all this wonderful stuff about New Brunswick so we came and again they were just ticking. it was like it was a plant I'm like yeah. well how was the drive they're like well it's long but it was so quick because it was so beautiful I'm like wow anyway we're at Hopewell Rocks and I meet these brothers one of which is from New York and one's from Vancouver and they were staying with a friend in Milledgeville so whoever this is out there kudos <laughs> whoever this person is they have a friend in Milledgeville so they flew into St. John Airport they couldn't believe how amazing it was that they were kind of out at the airport in, in two minutes flat um, ten minutes later they were at this person's house the one terminal just the greatest thing in the world they able to arrive ten minutes before the flight leaves you can get a drink in and get on the plane and um <laughs> Anyway, this, 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 these two brothers, New York, Vancouver, um, both their wives from different places, first time here, and they said they were swimming in the Kennebecasis River in the afternoon, and then an hour later they were upstairs, uh, uptown, in the coolest bar they'd ever been in. Then again, Vancouver, New York, and I, and I, I said, what was it? And he said, well, there was a record, I'm like, five and dime. Yeah. And I'm like, that is, a, I mean, five and dime should be getting government funding. Like, that is, when people are going yeah. around the world saying, that St. John's got a bar as cool as New York in the 80s or 90s. Like, that is amazing. Anyway, I went off the point. Um, no, you know what? I want to say something about that, yeah. to that point. Like, Five and Dime has really helped our brand flourish mm. because uh, yeah. 
when we talk about people, you know, in New Brunswick helping and elevating people and giving people opportunities, we wouldn't have the awards or the opportunities to spin or to right. get to know our community better to want to do this every week. Right. Uh, um, so when they ask us um, to spin, it's more of a, what, really? Like, yeah. we're always I'm very, always, very humbled. Yeah. And, and from that, because we've been able to do that and have a lot of fun with it and draw on some crowds and stuff, we've been doing, like, pop-up shops with, like, Kim Jacobson. And Amazing. It's been, it's been a lot of fun, like, having, like, the daytime gigs and then yeah. the nighttime gigs and now having, like, the other shows. So, like you said, kudos to them for, you know, like, finals expensive to, to make. You know that. That's it. And, and, and that that's hard to go through and make sure that you get all the right tracks and uh, from different artists. Like, a lot of work goes into that. And then... And the recording alone. I mean, I know how much it costs to record, a, 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 you know, a one gig properly, let alone, you know, right. ten. Um, you go into a record store. I mean, you go to Sunrise or anywhere that you go. I mean, you're looking at thirty bucks for a record. You exactly. get that for twenty eight bucks. Yeah. I mean, that's. I yeah. mean, to ha- how many tracks on it? Twelve. Yeah, twelve. I think. Yeah. Twelve. Um, like that's. Yeah, I mean, the other thing that that most. I mean, mo- also most people in the city have no idea how much Jody's done over the years oh, yeah. for the city. Oh, but, yeah. You know, both 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 as an album panel, but also you know from things that he's organised. And the reason nobody knows is because again. Um, completely humble yeah. and and it's that thing where one of the things I love so much about this place is that everyone's humble everyone's very modest but there comes a point where everyone needs to start actually just talking about what they do they don't, you don't have to become that's braggart right. you don't have to come you're like, not tooting your own horn you don't have to you become just... like an arsehole from Toronto that's but at right. the same time yeah. Yeah. You, you know it's like to, uh, be open about the, your amazing achievements and it's funny I was in Bailey's which is my favourite place to party in Halifax a couple of weeks ago and a guy comes up to me and it was Jody's brother who right. is like apparently the second best hip-hop artist after classified i did not realize oh, wow. yeah until and yes he's like he's yeah. like massive and um yeah and we we had a very very late night good guy yeah but, um, yeah he's but, great but again Jody and brian just two incredibly humble people that um yeah and, and that's that place i mean i've had way more wicked nights in five and dime than almost any other venue in the world that's, that's the best i can say yeah that's that's a pretty um, good statement. Next yeah. up, I have the soundtrack to Troma's War. Now, if anyone doesn't know Troma, Troma is a, a low-budget film company. who have, They're like the longest-running independent film studio in America. They make movies like uh, Toxic Avenger, Nymphoid Barbarian in Dinosaur Hell, Surf Nazis Must Die, Class of Newcomb High, lots of things that some people might have grown up with. Certainly Toxic Avenger, people know. Uh, recently, people have, there's been a kind of a resurgence of interest in them. And, oh. and what's great is they're kind of like... Um, very synth, kind of like uh, Nicholas, I don't know, I'm going to pronounce his name, but Nicholas Wending Refn, who directed The Neon Demon and Drive and those movies, that very yeah, synthesizer-driven yeah. soundtracks. All of their soundtracks back in the 80s and 90s were like that. And, I mean, it's just an awesome listen, regardless of the fact that I love them. And actually, I love them so much, I, lots of their movies are set in a fictional town called Tromaville. Now, I, this says it all, right? I have a secret Instagram account called Tromaville Citizen. It's just pictures of my VHS and vinyl and weird shit that I collect, right? right. Now this this sums up my career better than anything anymore. else. It's not no. a secret anymore. Uh, look it up, Tromaville Citizen. So I'm, I, I'm a citizen of Tromaville. Now, this account is just pictures of dusty videos, vinyl, that's it, right? Uh, I also have a, a, a personal slash business uh, Instagram account, which is pictures of my comedy, my kids, my life, right? Uh, the, the secret account of Dusty Videos has more than double the amount of followers than my personal one, which means that in the world, 
more people like dusty videos than like my comedy or my or, or, or my family which I'm completely cool with right? right but it's a wonderful wonderful thing content's so, funny man it, it, it's that, a funny exactly, thing dusty, yeah. there's a niche for everything there oh, is yeah. a niche for everything right and, and this is the thing I mean and, and I mean the next one is Serve Nazi Stuff Sky again Must Know which is again an absolute masterpiece of synth music beautiful piece of vinyl one of the first movies of theirs I saw as a kid. Um, again, I mean, probably shouldn't be saying that my parents let me watch this stuff. Uh, the next one is actually the soundtrack to Cannibal Holocaust, which is again a video in England. This is kind of notorious because we had a, a phase in England called the Video Nasty Era, where basically close to 100 videos were banned by Margaret Thatcher's government as being uh, corrupting our youth. So you could literally go to jail for owning or renting these videos, and people were in jail for selling them. So these videos became very collectible and very notorious. Now, uh, Cannibal Holocaust is actually a, a good example of these films because it's actually a very well-made film. It was one of the first examples of a found footage film. But uh, here's the thing, regardless of the fact I don't, I, I don't necessarily like watching the film, uh, it actually also has some animal cruelty in it which makes it horribly morally wrong. However, the soundtrack is absolutely awesome. And the weird thing about the soundtrack for such a horrible movie is it's a really nice background dinner party. <laughs> like, like, like I, li I listen to and watch some weird shit, and, and my wife lets me to play this. Yeah, again, uh, uh, that's literally that's, it, that's exactly oh, what happens. Yeah. Right? Women are like, oh, this is nice. What is this? And and and, and we're like, it's the soundtrack to Cannibal Holocaust, and we we're like, what? <laughs> and um, and of course, like all great vinyls, I mean, look at the look at it. Oh, that's cool. oh, that's pretty. It's a beautiful green uh, uh, disc. If anyone's listening, uh, everyone's listening. But I mean, if you are interested in uh, Rage nice. Against the Machine, their first album, one of the greatest albums of all time. All time. I bought yeah. this for my birthday two years ago at Backstreet Records. Um, didn't really know many people here then, and. Spent my birth birthday on my, my my wife said, "What do you want to do today?" And I was like, "I want to buy some records." So I came uptown, and Gordy was in there, and I bought this, and I just went home and listened to this on my own, and it was just amazing. I mean, it, I think it's one of the only albums of all time where every single track is is absolutely killer. Like Oasis' his first album. I mean, I would, and again, there's lots of people who are going to disagree, and it's all obviously subjective. But I mean, every song on this is amazing, and obviously, Killing in the Name is amazing. And just the tr just the way this was, and Killing in the Name, of course, famously is the one that has the "fuck you, I won't do what you tell me" line. Um, one of the greatest experiences in my life was I don't know if you all remember in, or this even made the news here, but when Simon Cowell started taking over the English charts with X Factor and everything, uh, Rage Against the Machine. Oh no, a couple. In England, launched a campaign to get "Killing in the Name" to be the Christmas number one. Simon Cowell had the had had the Christmas number one for three years running. So this couple launched an online Kickstarter, you know, like Facebook campaign to get "Killing in the Name" to be the Christmas number one. And Rage Against the Machine said, "If it," and then they they heard about it and they said, "If it wins, we'll come to London and do a free gig." Right. Greatest, it happens, right? Right. Four years running, Simon Cowell's, you know, and I don't want to diss these young artists who. You know, go on these shows and do well, and yeah. it's and, and again, it, it's it's not anti them in any way. But Simon Cowell is clearly a monster, and um, and anyway, so the Christmas number one in England, which is a big deal, though. So what's going to be the Christmas number one? It's, and over the years, it's like you know, Cliff Richards, Mistletoe and Wine, yeah. And then this one Christmas, it's Fuck You, I Won't Do What You Tell Me, and it was That's just awesome. it was the first time. You know, it's very rare for, for our generation like to have anything that we can kind of cling on to and go, yes, we've won that one. Because basically, every time, you know, we get behind the cause, like, 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 don't start an illegal war. Oh, you know, they fucking did it. Don't elect Trump. Oh, they fucking did it. But we, we, we always get let down. And I mean, I'm not comparing these things, but 
Fuck you, Mama, didn't tell me. It Pete. won. It, it, it won. won that battle. Well, cheers. Yeah. Rage against the machine. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And then they came and they did a massive gig at Finsbury Park in London. And it's just the most electrifying free gig anyone could come. And it was the most electric. And it's actually on Blu-ray. And it's available in Canada as well. Um, Sleaford Mods, who I don't know if anyone knows this. Again, this is purchased on Backstreet Records. This is one of my favourite bands of all time is The Streets, which is Mike Skinner, British uh, uh, rap. Uh, rap slash grime underground. He basically invented a form of rap that was just basically an, Eng a, an English person singing about shit. So it's like, I went to the video shop, I got a cup of tea, I had enough money for some weed, so I nicked some off my mate. I fucking returned the VHS. Now, it, it, it's, uh, it, I mean, he's obviously a lot better than that. that was, uh, but that was kind of a spoof it, but it's yeah. amazing. Um, if that's too highbrow for you, Stephen Mods is the thing. It's, it's these two geezers basically shouting over music, but there is something utterly electrifying about it. And um, they're like, it's basically, I mean, I will leave this and I will let you go for it because this is absolutely mind blowingly. I mean, I mean, look, you can see the, oh, the yeah. rage in their faces, right? And, and I mean, look, one of the songs is Jolly Fucker, right? It's called, <laughs> and literally the way it goes, Jolly Fucker! It, it, but imagine, imagine if someone basically thought that the, 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 that the Sex Pistols were too sophisticated <laughs> and had too much rhythm and that the lyrics were too well um, accentuated. This is for you. And um, <laughs> yes. I, I mean, look, there's a, there's a track called Pubic Hair Limited. Um, I mean, I mean, Fear of Anarchy. I mean, I mean, and it's, it's truly just uplifting in its rage. Um, anyway, that was my, in inverted commas, quick run through. So now we have six ones to talk about, which... Um, these ones to go in detail. Yes, these the, are the details. These are the detailed ones. Um, the first one is, is Brent Mason's High Watermark. Now, Brent Mason obviously is a legend uh, in this city and to anyone that knows good music uh, across the country. Well, also, I say that in England. I mean, my dad is obsessed, and my brother obsessed with Brent Mason, and all they wanted for Christmas was Brent Mason CDs. So I went into Backstreet and just basically bought them all of Brent's CDs. And then I also threw in like Twins Tomato and Mike Bigger. And now they're my biggest, biggest fans. And, 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 awesome. and this is the thing is that in this city, I'm not again, it's not a criticism of the city, so chill the fuck out, everyone. But sometimes here, we don't appreciate what we have on our doorstep, right? And, and um, the wonderful thing that I feel like is happening now is people are starting to appreciate it. And again, I mean, I, I go to Toronto and it's like, uh, you want to see Come From Away and it's 250 bucks for a ticket, but it's sold out anyway. So even if you were such a shithead, you had that much money to burn, the, uh, you can't go anywhere because it's sold out. Um, the arts are basically off, and there was an amazing exhibition happening at the, at the Royal Ontario um, uh, Art Gallery. So the arts are basically off limits to anyone that isn't rich in Ontario and seemingly in Quebec as well. That is not the case here. Here, there is a massive effort, both by artists on the ground, but also by other organizations like, yeah, well, I won't name them, but like organizations that sponsor things. Oh, well, yeah, like Constant Bowl, Street Recovery, all of these places, who go out and, and sponsor events right. to get them out there. Um, and I hope that people here appreciate the fact that you can go and see, you know, a, a world-class artist like Brent Mason every week for free, I think, I think it's free to get into Rose. And um, I'd seen him live numerous times, but shame on me, I'd never been to Rose uh, on a Wednesday until two weeks ago. And I'm sat there thinking, this is one of the best things I've ever seen, and it's free. Um, this album, however, is his masterpiece, and I've got all of them. But this one, um, uh, I mean, every song this is great. The one that got away is just beautiful. Uh, get It While You Can is one of the greatest songs of all time. I uh, got, my wife was a couple weeks ago, and I got, shit-faced on my own and um, then my son woke up and I sent Brent a video of me lying on the floor by my record player hugging my eldest son Hunter 
both of us singing Get It While You Can. Right? And, uh, and, and, and it, that's, that's just how I was, the kind of shit I do. And um, everything about this, and again, I mean, I mean, the people involved in this, are just a, it's a who's who of just local geniuses. Uh, Nikki, Lisa, Sheila, Jessica, Dan, Ray, Kim, Mike, Tim, Grant. Like, I mean, it's just all, and uh, uh, Peter, Bob and Aaron, of course, uh, are also um, in the main band. But um, I think if anyone hasn't got this album yet, like this, again, I, I know I talk about this a lot, but, but, you know, it's not, I do not agree with the concept of support local, but I basically think don't support because it's local. Support it because it's fucking awesome. Yeah, support awesome. Cheers and, to that. And, and, and that's the reality of it. Like I don't like any of these bands because they're local. I like them because they're as good as anyone else in the world. And that's the kind of the, the wonderful thing now about the way in which the, the the world is and with the internet and everything else. Everyone has access to everything. So if people are listening to your podcast, they're not listening to it because you're from St. John or because you're based here. They're listening to it because they can choose from any podcast in the world and they're choosing yours because it's fucking awesome. Same thing with this. I don't listen to Ben's album because I like him as a person and his son's a friend of mine or or, or because they're from St. John. I basically, I'll be honest, I have no loyalty to to, to anyone. I'm really not that nice. I, I just like cool shit. And if it happens to be from here, great. And, yeah, and I think bonus, that's the thing. Yeah. And again, that's, and, and that's, that's not a, a savaging in any way of, of, of the concept support local because it is completely necessary to, uh, you know, in many, many ways. But that's kind of my point is that I, when I say this, it's not, this is, I'm not talking about Brent Mason in the same breath as Rage Against the Machine for right. any other reason. No, I like them both just as much. Um, which moves us, I, I, mean, I mean, I'll move on to Little You, Little Me, which again, basically everything I just said about Brent sums up these guys. You know, without question, their, their quality block party show at Yuckhooks last year was one of the most electrifying experiences of my life. Um, I just come off, a, a, I just come off stage doing a gig there. I, I got hammered, and then I'm, I'm there. Just, I mean, it, it was, it felt, and it sounds like an exaggeration, but I, I, I tell it how I think it. The way my dad described early Sex Pistols gigs to me was the way that I felt in that room that night. There are talented and, bunch of dudes, and, yeah. and and for those of you listening, uh, I mean, our first, I'd probably say. 10 to 12 episodes have been Little You, Little Me. And then what you're listening to right now is Little You, Little Me. Mm. They've right. been great enough to let us uh, use their music. But their they're, they're live show, like they're all phenomenally talented dudes. And they all give their time back to help other people. Big time. You know, especially with like uh, the all ages shows and stuff like that. And really orchestrating things that people can feel safe and included. When you're at their show, yeah. you feel part of the show, not just kind of like a go or two. You do. And this is the other thing is they're not just skilled musicians. Like when they're on stage, they are performing like they're in. And this is how all great all great um, comedians or musicians or, or anything they play it like they're in an arena same thing Oasis That's did right. when they started yeah. when they were playing to two people yeah. Liam had the same on stage presence in front of two as he does in front of 100,000 and that's the thing with those guys is that you know they are ready to play a stadium they don't need to change that's anything right. about what they do they are um, and again I mean I know um, I know Corey very well um, I know Jeff uh, a, a bit but um, I don't know them that well socially um, all I know is that they seem like the loveliest guys in the world and all I ever hear is wonderful things. And to be honest, you know, I mean, main, main reason I don't know them that well is that I'm quite starstruck when I'm around them. You know, because to me, they're, they're, they're not, you know, you, other people in the city kind of knew them maybe before they were in a band or they knew them. To me, they're just the guys that I see live and the guys that I listen to all the time. Yeah. And I should also point out that That's they've also been. No, it's true, because like, I, like, I remember Gavin's first band, like years right. ago. And then, like, Jeff, I knew for years, like, in high school and tour. Like, it's just like, that's interesting. Guys, right? yeah, yeah, and, and so that's weird for me, too, because I mean, you can see, like, look how, I mean, you can see in that picture. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I look quite intimidating. They could be poisoned. Yeah, they, 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 <laughs> and, and they are to, to me, right? It's You'll like, sell that photo in 30 years. Right, yeah, you know. <laughs> to us. I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm probably like intimidated around them because th that's who they are to me. Yeah. It's just uh, an amazing, amazing band. As you can see, I mean, I'm, I'm holding this up now. It's the album. So I own this album on uh, download, which I paid for, on CD, which I paid for, and on vinyl. And then I, mean, I, I basically have, I think, everything that they've ever done. I, and I should also point out, they've also been extremely generous uh, with letting me use them. And on my stand-up special, which um, Hemings House gave, you know, uh, sold to Amazon Prime and Hulu in America, their song plays, at the, I think, at the very start of the special. Um, and, you know, they should be playing music. I, oh, I also want to point out that that artwork I know. is my favorite. It's perfect. It's basically oh. the, the Streets' first album, Original Pirate Material. I love the Three Flags. Yes. You yeah. know, the New Brunswick, Acadian, Canada. I yeah. love that. I love that. It's Everyone in St. John knows that building. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I, you've either been in it or you haven't. I've lived here for 30 years right. almost, and I've never been in that building. I've stared at it. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Going to the liquor store and the shitty I worked at Giant Tiger and <laughs> stared at that building for yeah. a year and a half, never once went in. It's, um, it is, it's, it's truly um, a masterpiece from, from beginning to end. And, uh, and as I say, they're, they're just the best. And, and again, if you are listening to this and you don't, no, little you, little me, and you don't own something, just go and buy it right now. And that's the thing, that, and I was trying to say this, when we were doing the, the gigs during, uh, um, I, I was playing, having to be playing Yarkos the weekend of Quality Block Party. And this is the thing, is that, you know, we, we all love a freebie. However, when it comes to the local arts, like, there's going to be opportunities for you to get free tickets for shit. Fucking decline it. Like, buy a ticket. They will, put, they, they will probably give you a download card for free. Don't accept it. Go and buy the city. Go and buy the album. Yeah, support Pay them. for the thing. That's right. You know, um, quality, uh, uh, Peter and Albie and all those guys that are quality block party, like, if, if there's an opportunity to win a free ticket, win it, give it to someone that, that, that can't afford it and buy one. That's right. Because uh, that, that, that festival is one of the, the best things that the, the, the city's ever had. And... Um, and, and the only and, it, and the other one, it will always, unfortunately it will always not unfortunately but it will always survive because those people always fight and work their asses off to make it happen. But it should also be thriving and it should also be a financial success. And I have no idea if it is or it isn't, but people should be paying for those tickets, right. you know, and, it, and 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 not just to be nice because it's worth paying for and it's already a bargain. You know, yeah. I mean, I bought a pass last year, and again, in that in that short time, I you saw way more gigs. Which again, we were talking earlier about. Yeah, I hear people say they're going to Montreal to see Adele. And I'm like, the tickets for 200 bucks and the flights and people are spending $600 going to... I don't think people realize how many amazing things are happening in their own city and they should be celebrating that more. I um, love the ones where you get three bands and $10 cover right. is a big deal. I know. And, and, like and your people $10 are not doing craft it. beer is a big deal, right. maybe. Yes. If, if $10 for live music is a problem, you probably shouldn't be there buying the beer. Exactly. You know, people need to, people need to invest the money into the arts music. And the thing that we're lucky enough to have right now is that people are... Uh, art, artists and creatives like yourselves are staying here, right? That's this right. is the thing that's happening right now, and we're all realizing that you know that ultimately we can uh, survive here, you know, for, for numerous reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, cost of living being obviously one of them, but also because, but 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 if the more that people support, the more that artists are going to stay, and also it's more the more artists that are going to come here. I mean, I am being asked by comedians in Toronto, should they move to St. John uh. to, uh, for a career uh, for as a career move? Like, I don't think that was happening 10 years ago. Absolutely not. Um, so people need no. to support no, it to, to keep that movement. And, and the, if the government funded the arts more, they would see a ton more of that. And it's incredibly short-sighted 
to not realise that that's where it's at. Mm. It, attracting painters, musicians, comedians, writers, photographers, poets, uh, they're the people that you can get here. And guess what? You know, we all drink a lot, so we spend, we put a lot back into the community because we drink a lot. No, it's um, true. I mean, yeah. even, even working on a lot of the Area 506 stuff, I mean, I've yeah. looked at some of the, over the last three years, some of the world-class, yeah. you know, culture groups and artists and musicians That's that have come it. here. And it's, you're right, it's in every category. Yeah. It's not like a niche, like we've got it in all all the arts. That's no, it's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Um, the next album is again one of my favorites of all time. It's House of Pain's first album. <laughs> nice. And <laughs> everyone know, I mean, I'm sure, and most people know how to jump around. To me, the greatest song of all time is uh, Shamrocks and Shenanigans, which is the, the song, the boom, shalak, lak, boom. Um, I love that song. I know every lyric off by heart. My uh, kids now know it all off by heart, um, which some of the lyrics they maybe shouldn't. But we were driving back from uh, Boston. We'd, we'd driven to, near to Boston to go to Thomasland. And we were driving back and I put it on and I sang the song and they fell in love with it. Um, this album I got at Spin It in Moncton, which I love as a store. However, this is ridiculous. This was $48, um, which is just not okay. Um, however, um, this album, I mean, again, I mean, their, their track listing is put on your shit kickers. Um, uh, Jump Around, obviously, everyone knows. Jump uh, Around is just one of the all-time greatest mm. songs. I went to see them live in 1993 at a festival in Stratford-upon-Avon. Uh, this, and I keep talking about it, this, this is out there with the new, little, little, little me gig, right? Um, it's 1993, I'm, a, I'm about 13, 14. I'm, uh, it's the Phoenix Festival, Faith No More headlining, House of Pain are on before. Their, their best song, Shamrocks and Shenanigans, uh, they haven't played it yet. They leave the stage, they come back on for the encore. I'm there with my best friend from school, I'm with my dad because I obviously needed him to chaperone me because I was so young. I'm also coming up on ecstasy for the first time. <laughs> right? oh so God. this is like the, this yes. is just like a killer like moment of just right. And they come on and the first few beats uh, start of Shamrocks and Shanigans, and then it cooks it c- kicks in to what most people will know as the Butch Vig remix of Shamrocks and Shanigans, which is the heavy metal version of that song. So this is about a year before Rage got big. Uh, it's it's obviously post uh, Run DMC and Aerosmith's Walk This Way. So we had, and of course, Faith No More kind of were kind of rap metal. But this rendition of it is like, and then a, a heavy metal version of Shamrocks and the Sounds, Boom Shack and Boom kicks in. I can honestly say, greatest moment of my entire life. Uh, 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 second greatest moment was coming up at Ecstasy at Reading Festival in the year 2000 to Tender by Blur, one of the most beautiful songs uh, ever. Um, Blur, I'm sure most people know Blur. My first, people, one of the questions you get I don't know anyone else that listens to Blur. Oh really? Oh my God, and and they were, I mean, my first ever uh, vinyl, my first ever single purchase as a kid, age 10, was There's No Other Way by Blur. And and, and a great song, this is their first album on vinyl. Again, this was actually purchased from a store called Rage From The Grave. Uh, in Frome in Somerset near where my parents live in England. Isn't that the most wonderful thing about vinyl that you remember exactly where every single yeah, like there's yeah. not many things in your house. That like you know I remember everything. the first time I ever heard Girls and Boys by Blur, right. and I was like, wait a second, they're the people that sing. Some- there's a whole different catalog of music that they write. And that was, was that a 2003. One song. Yeah, yeah, and I remember that. Came and out. I, I just actually put that album on my Spotify last week because it's so good. Like I, it's I so funky the, and good. Because it's about safe sex, and I actually have the cassette box of it, and it's in a condom type box, right? That's um, awesome. That's so the reason. It's awesome. So I bought it, and again, Blur, it's Blurred Leisure is their first album. Um, again, just one of those amazing things. I mean, this is maybe it's one. I mean, I'd stopped going to festivals 
quite a few years before moving here just because I was old. But like, it was weird. And when I, I started going back to them when I, comedy started going well because I'm then suddenly doing... So I did Festival in England, which is known as like the friendliest festival. And um, I, I, Stevie Wonder was... New Order headlined one night, which should have been awesome, and it was terrible. They, I don't know what was wrong with them. Um, and then I was on the comedy stage uh, clashing with Stevie Wonder. So basically, I'm missing Stevie Wonder, and I'm performing for two people and a dog. That oh. sucks. They, someone hates you when they put you up against Stevie Wonder. Who did you piss off? I know, exactly, yeah, clearly someone. Um, next is Poisons, Open Up and Say Ah. Oh. Um, nothing but a good time. Again, one of my favorite songs uh, ever. I mean, so ev- <laughs> everything about the lyrics I love, you know, um, life ain't nothing but women and wine, and just the, just the whole concept of just like, you know, download that album. <laughs> yes, it, this is, I mean, I mean, this is why, how, why, how much my friends hate me. On my stag do, back to the party, whatever you want to call it, we were in like a, a house in the middle of nowhere, like where no one can hear you scream kind of thing. And um, we're in the middle of nowhere, it's just like 15 guys in a house uh, for two days, and the party went for two days straight. Um, I insisted that that song was played on repeat for two days. Now, I still like that song. None of the other 14 people will ever listen to that song again. Can you imagine? And, and I course, would, I would, yeah, I'd, I'd endure it Some people are passing you. out and waking up, and it's still playing. Some people are just still plowing through. And, um, and, and, and it's just the greatest uh, song. Um, ne- finally, this is a treat. Okay, this might seem like a curveball. However, this is, without question, my number one favorite film of all time and the soundtrack to boot. Um, and people might be listening and thinking, oh, is it, is it Goodfellas? Is it? Goodfellas is number two, my second favorite film. My number one favorite film. And again, this isn't, I'm not being, this isn't ironic. Like, I don't like this. It's not, I don't think it's shit and therefore it's good. I just think it's good. Is Grease 2. And I like Grease 1. The joy of Grease 2 is that, I mean, I definitely related to this kind of, it's weird actually now thinking about that, that this kind of fish out of water character, because I was always, you know, I wasn't a popular kid at school and I didn't have any friends, so I kind of related to the character, which odd now actually thinking about it was an English guy that was going to a North American school, right. which actually, I mean, obviously as a kid I was just an English kid in an English school, but just such a fucking loser. But, um, but, but now, I guess I'm an English kid, and, and, and this guy going and falling in love with this girl, and um, um, I have a massive man crush on Adrian's Med, which again you don't hear often. He is Mr. Nogarelli in this, head of the T Birds. He it was also in T J Hooker. He was also in Bachelor Party as Tom Hanks' best man, oh, okay. um, and he's just the coolest guy ever. And um, I, I love him. I love this album. The song um, that I love. I mean, all of these songs are great, like Prowling, Reproduction, uh, Back to School. Uh, cool Rider is when everyone knows Michelle Pfeiffer sings. My favourite is Score Tonight, which is the one that goes, let's bowl, let's bowl, let's rock and roll. Hey, come on, let's get this show on the road. We could play that now and no one is suing. However, <laughs> I, I mean, literally, like, I, I mean, whoever no owns the rights to Grease 2, if, if we played this record right now, they ain't phoning up and, and, I mean, maybe they would because they've been sitting waiting for 30 years for someone <laughs> to, un- to use their music without a license. If um, Michelle Pfeiffer called me, I'd be, I'd be that, feeling that be pretty amazing. happy. I actually, I got to interview Michelle Pfeiffer uh, for about the Tim Burton movie Dark, more Dark Shadows. And um and I and this is on this is on YouTube if anyone wants to watch it and and I actually and I asked all the boring questions what's Tim Burton like blah blah, blah. <laughs> and then I said um uh, and this kind of actually sums up 
how I guess I present myself. I said, look, this is something embarrassing. I'm, I'm sorry. I know that we were supposed to keep this all on on topic, but I said, um, I have a favourite film, and it's um, it's Grease too. And Michelle Pfeiffer's response was, um, yes. Uh, looking at you, I knew that's what you were going to say. Uh, what does How that mean? Did you know? What an amazing diss. At the same time as at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, but that was yeah. And she's I knew that, and I said I just absolutely love it. And, and again, it's not. I'm not really. I mean, and this is the thing with all these movies I like, like Toxic Avenger and Surf Nazis. There's nothing ironic about it. I'm really not. A, it's so bad. It's. I'm not big into Showgirls, the movie, because it's so bad. It's good. I'm not into that. I, I, I actually, I mean, I actually think these things are good. Um, and, yeah. I, and I enjoy them. And this is basically my thing is that I, I, anything that entertains me, I like. And I'll be completely honest, like most movies that are nominated for Oscars, I find boring as shit. Now, there are exceptions. Uh, Lady Bird just blew me away. And I feel like it's almost a golden age of cinema right now. And I base that solely on two films. I watched Lady Bird last week, wept for hours. Watch Love Simon. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Love Simon yet, but it's the no, no. John Hughes esque uh, teen romance, but it's a, 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 the kid is gay as opposed to heterosexual, as has been so boringly the case for so long. But it, in no way is it a statement movie. It's just a love, they're not trying to make a point. It's not preachy, it just happens to be gay. And it's fucking, it's just unbelievably. Uh, I mean, I, we had to, we, the movie ended, and we had, we had to make an exit for the door. And I, mean, I knew my wife was crying, but I was like still weeping. But anyway, basically, just run for the exit. Oh. And and um, and it's, it feels like a call. But but to me, I just like shit that's entertaining. So I mean, again, the Velvet Curtain. This movie that's is it called the Velvet Curtain? I don't even know if that's right. The Velvet or something. These movies that come out that are amazing according to the critics. If if, if I'm not entertained, I, I I'm not interested. And that's my problem with most um, things. And that's so basically. That's kind of the case with everything I picked. It might sound like the most ridiculously uh, diverse and, and, and bizarre mix of things, but I just listen to the shit that I like. That's what you find interesting. Yeah. I uh, One thing I wanted to note, I kind of find it interesting how people's like taste kind of goes and coincides with right. each other. Mm. So you would notice the Tim Burton Nightmare Before Christmas. So he's yes. he's probably, you know, my, my first kind of movie love. But, mm. you know, and then all like the music that goes with it. Oh, and then that? my second favorite movie. Oh, amazing. The Goodfellas. Yeah. Goodfellas. <laughs> and, 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 I mean, and Goodfellas is just... I've got it on like VHS, DVD, yeah. Blu-ray. The soundtrack. <laughs> amazing I mean that movie does not put a, a, a note wrong I actually had the pleasure of corresponding with Henry Hill the real Henry Hill a number of years ago he started doing this thing in America where he would basically pimp himself out for parties so it's like you can pay Henry 500 bucks or a grand he'll come and watch Goodfellas with you and sit wow. and give you a commentary and um, a journalist was writing a piece we spent a few weeks with him and I had to correspond with him because he was just, well, he's still a mobster at heart. He just wants cash and for everything. And I had to wire him money to pay. Oh, that's right. We wanted to take pictures of him and he wanted money for it. And he posed with a gun and everything. And he's still drinking. And I mean, he's dead now. But but, wow. um, but it was just kind of weird corresponding with this guy who... Um, but I mean, as a mob movie, it's, it's just the most perfect film ever. And unfortunately, you always compare every single other film yeah, you see yeah. to it. And it's like... Because the weird thing is, I've read every book about it, I've read every article, I've read every documentary, watch any interview with them about it. But when I watch it, I still can't imagine Scorsese standing there and there being cameras. I just think it's real. Mm. Um, I do too. I one totally of the closest things that has come close to the level of genius that is Fargo season two, which 
Good. And it's handling of Fungus Season 1, again, everyone thinks it's amazing. I thought it was boring as shit. I mean, yes, it's better than most shows, but I, it just to me it was three hours of plot stretched over ten hours. Fargo season two is just insane. <laughs> um, have you seen Revolver? Guy Ritchie's Revolver, yes. Again, I mean, with I like, Ray Liotta, that's a brilliant movie. Brilliant, and 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 the amazing thing is always anything now with Ray Liotta as a mobster is good. And that that was something that I I when I'd see him in different roles, I'd always go back to Goodfellas, and it was never I'd always kind of downgrade what yeah. he did. Not, you know. Yeah. And then when I saw him in Revolver, That's I was it. like, he's I mean, the same level of, of crazy and uh, pent up that he was in Goodfellas. Exactly. The same level of stressed out, you know? His performance in that is one of the greatest performances of all time and should have won an Oscar for it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, my, I've got a, I get a, a hard on for Robert Jones. Yeah. I can't help that. <laughs> yeah. Even right. now when he's old. When he was in that That's Dirty fun. Grandpa movie. Oh my God. I see it so weird. I, I, I was about to talk about that, but there wasn't, I didn't want to alienate anyone. Here's where I stand on any movie that has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes with the exception of Love, Simon is boring as shit. Um, Dirty Grandpa um, got terrible <laughs> reviews, University Everywhere. And Pam and I sat down and we're going through things to watch. So I'm like, well, there's that. And she's like, that looks funny. We put it on. We sat there and laughed. It's uh, very, very, very off. crude. Very It's vulgar. very crude, but it's also very funny. And of course, you know, there was there's, people said it's misogynistic, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, it's just funny as shit. And people are like, it's disgusting. Robert De Niro masturbating is not funny. Yeah. Robert De Niro masturbating is completely it's funny. It's hilarious. It is. Especially when his grandson walks in. Now, that has 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's one of the worst reviewed movies of all time. It's very funny. And yet, I love my ass off. And this is the thing. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I just like what I like. And, and I try and be cultured, which is why I go to the cinemas to see movies like The Square, which is the movie that won the Palme d'Or last year, which is the three-hour Swedish uh, satire on the Swedish art industry. Now, I didn't not yeah. enjoy it. And I, funny enough, I was reading about it in a magazine on a flight to Winnipeg, and I was thinking, well, I'm never going to get to see this because I won't watch it at home because I'll turn it off after five minutes. Yeah. And it's not coming to the Cineplex in St. John. No. And I get to Winnipeg, and did the first thing I do when I arrive anywhere, which is Google cinemas nearby, and there's an art house cinema, a five minute walk away showing the square in 15 minutes. So I go over there and watch this three and a half hour. Now, it's not a bad movie, it's just not entertaining. Dirty Grandpa is way better. <laughs> Similarly, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's better than. I just laugh my ass off. And, and, and I don't know what it is. Critics now just seem to have. It's so, again, The Revenant, brilliantly well done. Was I entertained? No. Um, I mean, uh, Spotlight, the one that won those Oscars, I thought it was boring as shit, just well done, good acting, mm-hmm. actors acting, bored. Yeah. Robert De Niro masturbating, five stars from me. Sometimes you just want to be entertained. Exactly. I, I, I did a perfect example actually, was I went to the Cineplex to see um, one of the other worst reviewed movies of last year, which is The Hitman's Bodyguard with Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. Now, every critic in the world hated it. At most, it got two stars by people. I get to uh, the cinema, the, the movie, it's Tuesday night, it's cheap night, so it's packed. Um, the movie ends, and again, Pam's more into it. Well, she's not so much into action movies or violent movies, but we laughed our asses off again, thoroughly entertained. And I felt like I was watching a Bond movie when Bond movies were actually fun. And it ended, and I stood up and I looked around the room, which I never normally do, and you've got 300 St. Johnners in the room grinning like Cheshire cats, <laughs> fucking every single person in that room, just massive yeah. shit-eating grins on their faces. And I thought, that's, that's what should be on the poster. Not when they try and pull a quote out of a negative review to right. make it right. This is a room full of hard-working, decent, honest, working-class people that have come out 
um, after working You're their right, tits off, and they all have big grins on their faces. Yeah. It, and they did not have grins like that at the end of the Velvet, whatever it's called, or Spotlight, or the Post no. with Tom Hanks, right? No, they, they, they all wasted their hard-earned money on that and were bored to shit. And yet, uh, 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 Hitman's Bodyguard entertained. Right. And that's what it's about. Real people. It is. That's, and that's, you know, that's kind of what it is about. It's just... Mm people getting together and being comfortable and, exactly. and safe and being able to enjoy something together and I somebody used a, a movie reference a couple of weeks ago how sometimes you can go to a movie and you don't know the person beside you but you laugh together yes and yes. sometimes like I'll mistakenly turn to someone thinking that they're like my buddies and I'll be like oh it's pretty fun like oh that looks like a good one we'd see this summer and like you don't you don't know the person but it's small enough you can do that yes yeah. um, and that's you know that's ultimately what, we, what we're trying to do with strange groups is just make a, a collective where people can kind of come together feel safe have a, a spot to kind of create and, and, and be and if, if, if anyone that's listening would like to help support us, please check out our Patreon at Strange Grooves. Yes. We have a Toonie deal. Like back in the KFC day, guys. Toonie like, Tuesdays. Toonie Tuesdays. Those you are know, good days. You get that that special Strange Grooves thing every month for your Toonie. Yeah. And please the, do yeah. that, people, because this is the other thing, is if you've got to this part of the podcast, you've listened to this whole thing, right? Yeah. You are, you are definitely enjoying this if you've got this far. So if you've got this far, there's really no excuse to not donate. And actually, the first thing I'm going to do when I get home is do that. So oh, do what I do. Thank you. Yeah. We appreciate yeah, that. So right. follow James's lead. Yes. Exactly <laughs> and definitely, if you haven't already, uh, get your goddamn tickets to the show on April 28th at Harbor Station. Station. It's Everyone is going to be there. He sold it out last year. Like he was, he's a bigger deal than Jerry Seinfeld. And wow, I saw it. No, 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 I saw it. Don't downplay yourself. <laughs> You're, you can be the humble New Brunswick group too. You've been here a couple years, but it's going to be a phenomenal show. Everyone who's everyone's going to be coming out. It's, the whole city. Because you know what? It's one of those things too. It wouldn't matter whether you had a, uh, whatever it was that was happening, people love the idea of getting together and supporting people well, and do. being together. And, right? this is the and we and we love that about this city is the, it's the double whammy of that, like the fact that like right now I'm about to run from here to go and do a gig at St John Library, um, uh, amazing new concept by Matt Keenan, lo- uh, amazing local comedian who's um, come up with this idea of pop up comedy shows. So traditionally, it's like they're not going to mention who the headliner is or where it is. You buy a ticket and then they tell you the day before where it is and it's the same job. I'm going there to test new material for Harbour Station. But the reality is people can see me almost, you know, I'm, I'm performing all the time in small places. The right. fact that people are willing to come out. And also when I go to Toronto, I just played Yacht Cucks in Toronto this weekend and they said it was like, you know, the highest sales they'd had in a while. And that was literally not down to me being a draw there. That was down to people in St. John telling their friends or, or family in Toronto to go. Yeah. After the gigs, and I, I always stand by the door to thank everyone as they leave, half the room was literally people going, oh, my, my, I'm from St. John, and my friend said I had to come and see you, or my cousin. Like, that was literally all down to people in St. John. And all the expats. All the expats, exactly. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then like, the, the night uh, after... The day after I did, did Hub Station last time, I had emails from so many restaurants and stuff saying that was the first time we've been full in months, thank you, thank you. But I didn't get to see like that buzz in the city, and it was only two weeks after I, I did it, I was walking walking it through the, all the crowds uh, to get in to see James Taylor when he was playing there. And I was walking down the, what's it called, the Pedway, 
And I was saying to, saying to my wife, like, oh my God, this is amazing, like all these people now. And she's like, this is what it was like. But I didn't see that. <laughs> I, was, I was just in a dressing room with Nikki Payne drinking free moose lines. Right. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, um, but yeah, I guess my point is that I am working around the clock to make every joke, not a single joke I tell on the 20th will be the same as two years ago. So if, you, if you've seen me live in the last few months, there might be stuff. But basically, if anyone that was at the last show, not a single joke would be the same. It'd be a whole new 90 minutes. That'll be exciting. And who else is performing that night um, for those that don't yes, know? Yes, good call. So comedians, Garrett Clark and Ansar Hassan. Uh, and Ansar Hassan is also a heart surgeon. And then uh, three musicians. One is um, uh, Kyla Lingley, who is an opera singer from here, who is currently tearing up stages in England. Uh, she is uh, from the Grand Bay Westfield area. She's coming back to perform. Ethan Ash, who has become a kind of an honorary St. John, a guy from Cambridge in England, performs here a lot, uh, loves where we live. And, um, and Levi Rowan, who is from near, what? He, he, I always say St. John, and then yeah. Brent Mason always corrects me. He, I'm trying to think what the area is. Is, it, is Bedford a place near here? Yeah, no, Bedford. it is a place. Oh, mid, mid, no, mid, mid, Midland. Is that a Midland? place? Midland. Yeah, that's also a spot. Is, it, is, <laughs> is, there, um, is, it, is there something called Midland? Um, but near that. What's near mid, uh, Midland? Is, uh, what's that area um, where there's camps and cottages and things? Uh, it's not Browns. No. Anyway. Well, like Midland ice caves. And like yeah, so it's, it's, it's yeah, Midland. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> and I should say he's like 19, 20 years old. Uh, he's a, a, a rapper, amazing, uh, again, world-class performer uh, based here in Midland. And um, and again, it's one of those things I did a, a gig for um, all the custodians for all the schools in New Brunswick about two years ago. And his mum came up to me after the gig, yeah. Tanya, a wonderful woman, and came up and said, yeah, my son... Um, is a, is a musician, a rapper, you know, 18, 17, so trying to get a break. And I said, well, look, I don't really do digital downloads. I would rather have a physical thing to take in my car with me. So could you, uh, yeah, he should record a CD and he should do one anyway. So he, anyway, I didn't expect, I kind of just said, you have a CD? That's all I said. Next time he goes and records an album and they come and give it to me. And then I listened to it on a drive, a long, long, like eight hour drive on repeat, fell in love with it. And I've just done loads of gigs with him since, and he always oh, tears up awesome. the stage. And one of the beautiful yeah. things that someone said to me was Bob McIntyre, who is uh, a formerly one of amazing chief of police, now retired, his daughter, Kellyanne McIntyre, who I believe won um, Police Officer of the Year. And again, shout out to her, a, um, you know, amazing police officer doing amazing stuff to help people with, uh, suffering from... Um, affected by domestic violence mm -hmm. uh, she organizes the Tanya Shan run every year it's her dad he, he, he's a uh, I, I don't want to um, 60 something I think would be a conservative I don't want to offend anyone by getting the age wrong uh, he said he's never bought a rap album in his life but he saw Levi at one of my shows went oh, to Sunrise wow. Records and bought Levi's album and I love hearing oh, stuff like that he's so, really good like I saw him he opened for you at Yuck Yucks that's right you, and I yeah. remember there was a malfunction or whatever and he had to do like acapella essentially and he was yes. so good because it was like I told him afterwards I'm like it's like slam poetry almost when even when he yeah. even though there's oh, wow, no beat cool. on the back so he was really good so handled it like a pro yeah, yeah definitely Levi Rowan and again his last video on, on, on Facebook got something like 35 thousand views amazing guy that's awesome but cool yeah well thank you i better run and do that gig yes well thank you so much for joining yeah. us <laughs> thank you we very really, much really, for having really, me really appreciate it and yeah, a shout out to everybody that has listened and stayed with us so far we're so thrilled to be on volume 21 and that's again amazing. you're gonna have three new shows to choose from next week so yes like us on facebook and stay up to date on how that's gonna work get into your itunes rate us five stars we'll send you cool shit perfect please leave us a funny funny comment 
Um, Say nice things. You might get tickets for shows. Yeah, and, exactly. And again, yeah, so Sharice, yeah. why don't you tell everyone before James leaves what they might have a chance to win over the course of the next month? So James just gave us some tickets for his Big Harvest Station show. So And it might be you to win them. So stay tuned yeah. on our social media. Yes. Uh, make sure that you're checking us out on Instagram and Facebook and that you follow James on all of his social channels as well. Why wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> if you've already got your tickets tag your name um, and tag a couple friends that you might want to win so that we can kind of share the love with them and again thank you everybody thank you James for joining us thank you for having me it's been an honor and uh, and kudos to you guys for doing such an awesome thing it's uh, I can't wait to come back and bring more vinyl oh my god come back anytime 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 you want to geek out on vinyl over here this is a dream dream uh, dream podcast to do it really is so thank you awesome well thanks so much guys thank you cheers